Hello. This is a quick message from the production team. I hope you are enjoying the Illegally Speaking podcast. Due to the current COVID-19 link crisis, the next few episodes will be recorded through our video communication software. Thanks for your understanding, and do stay safe. The episode will now begin. Welcome to the Legally Speaking podcast, powered by Kasim Carr. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, we'll be discussing a special topic in light of the coronavirus pandemic, how we can help. With this in mind, I'm delighted to be joined by Olga Ivanikova, the director and founder of Private Goodness, an award-winning corporate social responsibility consultancy based in London. So welcome, Olga. Hello. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. As I mentioned at the top, this is very much a, a sort of special episode where we're talking very much around, you know, what we can all do to, to sort of help in light of the, the current situation. Um, you yeah. know, sort of starting off, do you think it's sort of worth to give us a bit of an overview about what we think we could be doing together? Right. So I'm glad that you said together because it's very much the key word now. We are all in this together. And we say that a lot in the legal profession, in the charity sector, but it has never, ever been more true. Uh, but we, it's a very boring time. It's a very difficult time for everyone. But we don't need to feel powerless. There is a lot we can do. And lawyers in particular have a lot of amazing skills to help others. So I hope we'll discuss some ways how they can use them. But it doesn't have to be legal advice. It can be something like talking to an elderly person on the phone or uh, all sorts of ways that we can help. Okay, so let's 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 talk through those because I think there's a lot of practical things, you know, people would want to know what they could do. So, you know, what would be your sort of top three or four tips you would you would give to people that they could kind of get involved with? So I think a step number one is consider people who rely on you. So I think a lot of people already would have thought about their team and how everybody can work from home and how people can feel more connected. And law firms would consider how they can help their clients and how they can be more flexible and how they can add more value. Uh, we always talk about adding more value, but now is a really good opportunity to, to show people how we're ready to, to help them. But I want to talk about also helping their subcontractors or thinking about their subcontractors and their existing charity partners. So for example, as we are all uh, no longer in the offices, so we're recording this on the 24th of March and the official lockdown was uh, declared yesterday. What's going to happen to people who clean your offices? I think this is the kind of, this is one thing that law firms should be thinking about because if they all suddenly become uh, uh, unemployed, that will lead to a lot of hardship. So I think we should think beyond our legal obligations and thinking what can we do uh, voluntarily for people who rely on us. Uh, yeah, the no, second well thing I think, I think we should do is to reaffirm our commitment to our existing charity partners. That's what Alan Overy have done. Uh, Alan Overy and other London funders have signed a letter which said that to, to all, the, uh, all the existing partners saying, we stand by you, we're prepared to be flexible, we listen to you. There's lots that you're going to be worried about, but don't worry about our funding. And I think this is a really excellent step just to make sure, tell people who rely on you that, that you're still there for them before you do anything else. And then we can talk about all sorts of other things you can do. But I think let's do that first. Yeah, no, very, very much well, well, well said. Because I think the, the thing with all of this is, is, you know, is where we can actually make the most 
impact um, yes. with the so I guess that's one of the main sort of headline questions if you'd like to tackle that so I think the main way we can have the most impact is by obviously by using our skills so only lawyers can give uh, professional legal advice so some other things anybody can do but lawyer only lawyers can help with this and I think that means means that they're in very in a unique position and should take advantage of that so I would encourage people to do more pro bono than ever before yeah um, and I again that comes to existing charity partners that it's a bit difficult to do this remotely with some law centers and law clinics this moment I think everybody is having to readjust. So while we are, the law centers are figuring out how to how to adjust their services, perhaps law firms uh, who are in partnership with them can offer other things. For example, if you have an IT department, maybe they can help a law firm with some of the processes. Maybe you can donate some software or something. So help people uh, adjust to online services. Yeah. And then uh, do more pro bono work. Yeah. And one of the, you know, some of the themes that are sort of coming out um, during this time is obviously, you know, supporting isolated people, um, you know, supporting people that have been sort of most affected by this, this this sort of economic breakdown, like you said, and, you know, supporting mental health. So, you know, what can sort of, you know, be done in terms of responding and some of those key themes as well? It's interesting because now we are all isolated. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, but let's talk about supporting most vulnerable isolated people. There are different ways we can do it. We can do it via telephone. Uh, we can call people. Uh, so we call our family, our friends, our uh, immediate community. Uh, but there are also organizations like Independent Age that provide support for older people. And they provide telephone volunteering, which is home-based. And all it involves is having a 30-minute chat uh, with an old person weekly or fortnightly. So all, that's all that is. You speak to somebody who, is, uh, who feels lonely and maybe scared on the phone for half an hour. That can make a lot of difference uh, at this scary time for people who are alone and who are told that they can't leave their houses. Yeah. Particularly with the, you know, not only your elderly family, but also sort of, you know, elderly people that you know within your networks or friend of networks that, you know, maybe even old mentors um, or people, you know, that now is the time really where people can, they should be trying to be proactive and, and, and really kind of giving back, right? And that echoes your point around around pro bono. Um, yes. is, is, is there anything sort of else you would kind of touch on that around the, particularly around sort of the, the economic breakdown of, of things that are happening and then on the, on the mental health aspect? I think now is not the time, definitely not the time to let anybody go. Uh, it's in fact the time to do more. So I, for example, my business is very small, but I'm using and this time to expand my team to provide micro work placements for people who were affected by the, back, uh, by the economic breakdown. So I'm uh, providing placements for three to 10 people who can help me with various projects online. So if you can help in a similar way, that's one idea. But it's also the time to help entrepreneurs, and there are different organizations that can help you with that. Hatch Enterprise uh, already provide mentoring opportunities online. So they're already set up for providing online mentoring opportunities, and they have 2,500 entrepreneurs on their books who I assume need advice now. Another organization that I'm volunteering with uh, is called Radical Recruit, who help uh, people who have experienced so before the pandemic, I uh, experienced care, poverty, prison, and other challenges to look for work. So now many of them were looking for work in sectors like hospitality. So 
now they have to think about it again. So they provide volunteering opportunities online to help people review their CVs, to help people with interview practice. So, you know, when they do go for jobs, the job, if, if there are fewer of those, that they're, that they're more ready. Every lawyer that has a job at the moment can help with this. Because if you have a job, you know how to get a job. You know how to write a CV. You know how to nail an interview. If you've ever had a training contract, you have so much knowledge <laughs> that... Uh, Many people, yes, I've been listening to your previous episodes when people have been talking about going yeah, through this no, process. <laughs> Everything you've learned now is going to be so valuable now to many people who are struggling at this time. And so I would encourage anybody who can to use the skills of whatever level, to use the skills to help people who find themselves either out of work or on reduced hours. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in terms of sort of, you know, companies um, helping, you know, without without a fee, I, I know you've also got some interesting ideas um, with, with, with regards to that and, and maybe more sort of virtual measures. Is, is that right? Yeah, so there are, so there are different... Uh, um, Basically, we need to go above and beyond at this time, because when this is over and the chancellor says it will be over, <laughs> when <laughs> it is, <laughs> yes, we'll believe him <laughs> about this. Uh, we, when it's over, we will all be judged on how we acted at this time. So I think that it's understandable that it's taking people time to respond because we worry about our teams and setups first. But more, the more we can do, the better. And also. Uh, putting extra effort into volunteering, into supporting your partners and communities. I think it's really good for supporting your team and for making uh, your colleagues feel proud about your firm. So as they're going through this and as they're talking to their friends, they can say, well, my firm gives me an opportunity to help at this time. Yeah. And I think uh, it. I, th- I think it's very important for the at any time to make sure that their that their team are happy and that their team are engaged. But uh, this is a really good uh, good way at this particular moment, I believe. Uh, there's a digital volunteering uh, at an organization called the Cares Family, where they have different groups, and you can talk to people, uh, to all the people via Skype, and encourage them to share poems and stories and film recommendations. You can also even volunteer via an app. Uh, so Be My Eyes uh, uh, is an organization that allows you to volunteer via an app and help people who are visually impaired. So you'll become their eyes and you t- uh, can check the expiry dates for them or do other things around the house. It's always a very good, a very good idea. But now in particular, you know, when people haven't been able to go out shopping so much, uh, being able to, to, to help them with that. Well, listen, I think there's some really great insights and some tips and suggestions there. So thank you very much. And it's very clear, Olga, that you're exceptionally passionate about sort of, you know, corporate social responsibility. And that that's kind of key reason as to perhaps why you, you know, you founded Private Goodness, which is an award-winning CRS consultancy in London. So before we kind of maybe talk a little bit more about that, but for you, what do you mean by, you know, CSR or, you know, responsibility and... I teach uh, social responsibility and I always start by saying that companies don't exist in isolation. Why does it matter? Because we're not alone. You know, we depend on our communities. We depend on our, on our team and we depend on our environment. We all breathe the same air. So that's why when we treat our uh, our team and our communities and environment well, when we act responsibly, it benefits us as well benefits everybody and I so I've been saying that in my class for 
forever. But I feel like it's, it's really true now. And I think that people understand that even more now. Uh, yeah. That uh, how we treat each other really matters. And corporate responsibility is just one tool to advance uh, your relationships, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so how did you, you sort of get into to sort of CSR? Talk us through your journey. Well, I'm from uh, Russia uh, and I moved to England when I was 16 with this idea that I will be a, a, a human rights lawyer. I was completely naive and I don't know where I got an idea of, of, of what it looked like, maybe from Legally Blonde. <laughs> uh, probably but when I actually started studying law uh, I realized that it's not quite the same but I found my law degree very 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 useful nonetheless and I think that actually I don't know how many lawyers find it when you tell people regardless of which area you work in after you tell people that you studied law that everybody thinks that you're really clever they're like oh wow you studied law you must be so clever that's so tough. So that's nice. It's so true, <laughs> it, though. It is so true. In terms of moving to any other sector, yeah. I think lawyers really take it for granted that they're saying, oh, we have a law degree, but, you know, some other people have high marks or I don't have the first, so, you know, kind of almost embarrassed about it. Where actually, for everybody else, your achievements at this stage are very impressive. Anyway, so I finished my law degree. Uh, and then I worked in, it was about uh, 2010, and I worked uh, in different charities. So I've always been interested in how to, how to make a difference. So I thought that law is one way. Then I was involved in politics for a while. And then again, it wasn't really like the West Wing. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was very interesting, very interesting experience in community organizing, which I think is going to be useful now as well. And then I worked for a number of charities, so lots of grassroots uh, local charities, organizing projects, uh, raising money from local businesses in order to fund things like ice skating for blind children and have local businesses get together to, to put some money in to book an ice rink. So lovely little projects uh, like that. But uh, the most relevant um, for, for this uh, and for, for, uh, is, was really when I started my work at the National Pro Bono Center on Chancery Lane. It's a, it's, it's a hub for pro bono organizations. It's a fantastic place. It has a charities uh, like Lawworks, which is the national uh, pro bono charity for solicitors where I worked, which is great. Uh, it's called Advocate, which is a sister charity, a pro bono charity for barristers, uh, Access to Justice Foundation, London Legal Support Trust, all of these organizations working under one roof, sharing an office, uh, doing work every day towards access to justice in the UK. It was such a fantastic... So I've had a lot of ideas, you know, I, I worked in law. I'm very passionate about, about how the importance of the rule of law and things like this. I worked for charities. And then I, I think I wished really hard for a job that would combine that. And then the law works job appeared. <laughs> I couldn't, yeah, it's true. It's true because it, when, I, when I applied for it, when I was going for the interview, I remember thinking there couldn't be a more perfect job for me <laughs> with all of my interests and experience. And luckily I got, I did get it and I got some uh, fantastic opportunities there. Uh, and my role was all about uh, managing volunteers and raising money. Uh, so, so getting law firms to be involved in pro bono. And we worked with over a hundred law firms. So almost all magic circle, loads and loads of us firms, medium sized firms and banks like Goldman Sachs, Bank of New York, uh, but lots of small organizations as well. So that gave me an opportunity to interact with them uh, and to talk to them about how they approach pro bono, how 
they view corporate responsibility and to be able to assist them with that. And that was, yeah, that was amazing. I was there for three years and it was, it was a really fantastic time. And it made me, because it was quite a, an empowering organization because it's small. I think in small organizations, sometimes you have more freedom. So I was used to doing things uh, on, on, on my own. I mean, it was a great team, but if I wanted to do something on my own, I could. So when I was setting up in business, my own business, I felt like I was quite ready. Yeah. Uh, so my business is not just limited to pro bono. I advise on diversity and uh, inclusion and non-legal volunteering. So I, I'm kind of I'm not limited by just pro bono. But it's really my time at the National Pro Bono Center which prepared me uh, to do this now. Yeah, and it's such a, a great accolade what you've done and what you're doing with private goodness and all the great work um, that you're doing. And, and, and I guess one thing to kind of link back with, with sort of maybe a lot of our legal professionals listening in, you know, why should lawyers really consider responsibility? Give us some, some sort of tips and suggestions around that. The many reasons. One, number one reason why law firms contact me is be, it's not because they wake up overnight and they say, oh, and they wake up in the morning and they think, oh, I feel um, more responsible today. Usually, it's because their client uh, includes something in their um, uh, in, in, in their proposal, and it says, uh, "If you want to, if you want to bid for work, tell us about your responsibility policy, or tell us what you're doing in this area. Tell us what you're doing to support the sustainable the UN sustainable development goals." And our firms then go, "Oh, <laughs> well, first of all." <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Yes, we should we should write something, or they have something, and they think maybe we should work on this area too. So we, when we prepare it to clients, we know that it's best practice. So one number one is because clients increasingly want it, and when my training, when people come to my training, why are you here? Because our clients ask us about it. Is number one reason. Uh, the second reason I would say is all around recruitment. So uh, millennials. Uh, and uh, in particular, all say that they want to work for an organization that shares their values, uh, that uh, helps others, that is just a good citizen. Um, and loads of law students do pro bono at law school now. So when I was at law school, we didn't have pro bono schemes. Uh, oh, my excuse. <laughs> but now <laughs> law students really, really, they really advise uh, clients, supervised, by, their, by other solicitors or by their lecturers, uh, they're used to doing this now. They're used to volunteering and using their skills. So when they join a firm, they want to continue doing it. So a lot of movement either comes from people who are new joining the firm saying, we want to do this, please give us an opportunity to, or firms that are worried about their recruitment or want to improve their recruitment and saying as an offer uh, to, to people, uh, saying when you join our firm, we will give you uh, an opportunity not just to make profit, uh, to be to, to to be involved in the profit activities for profit activities, but also uh, help your communities, and that makes their recruitment offer stronger. One more thing, and it actually is important. It's about developing skills of 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 lawyers. So what happens when you volunteer? So what lawyers lawyers are good at many 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 things, but uh, what we really really or lawyers really really need to be good at is listening, and being able to listen empathetically uh, and it's very difficult and I think when people do pro bono or do uh, non-legal volunteering where they interact with people outside of their usual circle 
And that makes them better listeners, that makes them better professionals, and that helps them in their, uh, they learn new skills as well, and that helps them in everyday work as a, in their everyday work as a lawyer. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that, that, that's kind of, I think, kind of summarises very nicely and, and kind of gives a good flavour for people, particularly, you know, future and, and sort of past people in the, in, in the legal section in terms of what's out there and what people need to be thinking about and some of the common themes. So thank you very much for, for sharing that. I guess the, the, the question is sort of a bit more leading on to then how um you know a lot of the how and then i know something else that you talk about generally is is around sort of networking and, and perhaps networking going going wrong so do you want to sort of talk a little bit more about the how and then sort of leading on to a bit more around what, what you sort of deemed as uh, networking going wrong lots of people listening will be i don't know maybe will be from larger firms who will have a pro bono uh, or csr coordinator uh, so I think how uh, the, the first step would be to uh, approach them and find out what's already happening in your firm and maybe see how you can get involved with existing activities. Uh, and for, for anybody listening, and if there aren't any, to off, to give a hand in, de in developing them. If you want to do pro bono, you can have a look at the National Pro Bono Center website and you can contact your local law center or your local legal clinic uh, or your local community center, you know, depending on the area for volunteering opportunities, but do be patient with them at the moment as they are updating their services on how it can work online. It can take a little while, but you can tell them that you're there now. And for environment, and you know, we are in the middle of the pandemic, we're all worrying about these things, but the, the topic of the environment is still there. Uh, and for that, there is an organization called the Legal Sustainability Alliance, and uh, they have a membership scheme, but they have free tips on their website on how to be more environmentally friendly. So you can have a look at them and share them, either if you have a, a relevant person in your organization or if it's a smaller organization, share it with your team now. So you can always contact me and I can send you a checklist uh, of the things that you should you, you you could consider about corporate responsibility with the best practice okay and just as we we sort of wrap up is there a couple of sort of examples um you'd like to give i know we're sort of stressing throughout this theme which is great particularly this time around pro bono advice um particularly related to the sort of current uh the current situation is there sort of just one example or a couple of examples you give as we we, we sort of wrap up for our for our listeners uh just an another thing that, that, that i want to say about mental health and this it is a very worrying time at the moment and even if people who perhaps you didn't think would have any mental health issues before i think we all need more uh attention at the moment so i would encourage everybody to have a look at mind and their website and search for more information on mental health and how we can stay well and share it uh share these resources uh with your uh with your team and uh, with, you, you know, with other people who, who you care about. So, Olga, I know you do a lot of work um, with regards to networking. And, and one of the other things that you're really sort of helpful um, in helping people around is online ethical networking. Do you want to tell us more about that? Yes. So I have uh, last year I started a project, an online project called Networking Gone Wrong, which is all about ethical and inclusive networking. And I thought, how do we learn about this? And one way is to ask people of examples of unethical networking. <laughs> and people have come to me with loads and loads of examples. And I have brought them all together and commissioned a, an illustrator to illustrate them. So and created a course around it. Uh, 
But now I'm expanding it further to do training on online etiquette. So I think more time we spend online and more time our team spend online, I think everyone should be aware of ethical, of doing so ethically. And the, the main principle of it really is just to be more, is to be kinder and more compassionate than ever before and aware that people might be stressed out and to basically spread positive vibes rather than arguing with people. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right, particularly at this time when we're all in this together, it's even more so important online that people, you know, are very kind to one another, you know, and stay positive and, you know, the ethics yes. of it all, absolutely. So I think that's really, really insightful. So, um, you know, it's good to know, for people to know that that is out there and that's a service out there that people can sort of get training on, if you like, um, in terms of yeah. making sure that it's also good for their personal brand, but also just in line with just general, the, the kindness of the, the, the wider communities. Yeah, thank you. And 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 just from your side, just lastly, um, Olga, do you have any final comments that you would like to share um, with our uh, our listeners in light of the current situation? I want to read a, a quote from the uh, from an article from the Harvard Business Review, if you don't mind, which I think sums up what I'm trying to say much better than I can. It says, "If at this time, if you lead with compassion." You will touch the lives of your employees in an extraordinary way and come out of this potential slowdown stronger than ever before, enhancing the shared values of your team. I think it's a great quote uh, for uh, what we need to do at the moment. So I think that lots of law firms and lots of us have been talking about our values and now is really the time for us to, to act on them and not just support our, our team and our clients, but our wider communities. So I would encourage everyone to uh, lead with compassion and to remember that we are all in this together. I am available, uh, so I'm happy to talk to anybody for free uh, via Zoom for half an hour to an hour if anybody's thinking about their community response to this situation. Because as you say, we keep saying we're all in this together, so we should all uh, use our skills to help where we can. And finally, thank you very much, Rob, for, for inviting me. I'm so glad to have an opportunity to share, to share some thoughts. And to everybody listening, uh, stay safe. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure, Olga. I think your insights um, have been exceptionally, uh, you know, helpful. I mean, I've taken a hell of a lot away from our discussion, so, so it's an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, and just to echo what you say, let's all stay safe, everybody. Let's get through this together. Um, and yeah, I'm sure there'll be um, some additional content that we're pushing out on this uh, in, in due course as well, just to help one another. But uh, many thanks once again, Olga. You stay safe, and uh, no doubt we'll have you on the podcast in the near future soon. Thank you very much.